This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Dylan Marin, author of Conversations with People Who Hate Me. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. This last one is so juicy. Um, wow. This is um, just a good old-fashioned me and my ex keep breaking up and kind of getting back together and kind of not getting back together. And I kind of want to get back together, but I kind of don't. What should we kind of do? Um, which I love. <laughs> I love this. Um, I, I think it's fantastic, and I am happy to read it, um, especially since there's a lot of moving parts, so it will help me actually get a sense of like, Who's where? I love. The subject is on again, off again, on again. I, he, him, broke up with my long-distance partner in July of 2019. Our relationship was sometimes difficult, and we weren't communicating well. The distance added more strain, and we broke up in part because I kissed someone else. They reached out many times to try to be friends in the following months, but I had quickly gotten into a very abusive relationship. I was also becoming estranged from my parents, so I was closed off in many ways. Later, when I was ending this new toxic relationship, my first ex sent me a letter saying they were still in love with me and wanted to make it work. At that time, I was in the middle of recovering from top surgery and wasn't ready for that, even though I still loved them too. In early 2020, we became friends again, but I quickly put a stop to this because I knew I was deeply in love with them and that being friends wouldn't be possible. We stopped all contact and both are now in long-term relationships with live-in partners. I mean, I, sure, the live-in part, but like long-term, this this has only been since 2020. It's not that long-term. You're not, you know, you're not like with your, your sorry, uh, not important, getting distracted, going back in. Last month, I was in my ex's town and I reached out since this was our first opportunity to see each other in person in almost three years. And there were many things I wanted to apologize for. We caught up and it felt friendly and familiar. But when I apologized for how I handled our breakup, I also explained that when I'd backed off of our subsequent friendship, it was because I felt that part of me would always be in love with them. They confessed that they felt the same way, and we both agreed that our current relationships just weren't the same as ours had been. I didn't anticipate this. Now I feel incredibly conflicted. I love my current partner, but I still feel incredibly deeply for my ex, and I'm afraid I will regret not being with them for the rest of my life. Woo! It's one of those letters where I really wish they'd given us a fake name for the ex. Um, I know. and frankly, I should have come up with one, um, just cause there's so many different unnamed people. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, name the first X Rowan. We're calling Rowan. Rowan. I think that that's going to help me remember that particular type of, uh, long-term growth. Mm. Um, you know, where, to, where to begin? What do you think? I, I'm, I'm rereading this because it's, it's just so many twists. They've been through a lot. It's a really fascinating story. I also recognize that this is your life and I am just wanting to honor it by knowing all of the different nuances of it. Um, it is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Where do you want to begin? Great. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think maybe I'll start with my own gut reaction, which is sometimes this sounds too complicated, better just to leave it alone. Sometimes my default or my bias, especially in a letter about somebody else's life, is if something sounds too complicated, I'll just want to say, well, just don't do it. You know, 
this all sounds really fraught and really back and forth. You should just stay with your partner now and not do it. Um, and I, I think that would be fine, but I also want to at least, uh, you know, take into account the possibility that you can have a sort of complicated backstory with somebody and still want to think about or talk about it. And don't just want to say like, obviously it's a sign we shouldn't be together if there was so much back and forth. Cause those are genuinely complicated, extenuating circumstances. Long distance is hard, even in the best relationship. If you were becoming estranged from your parents and recovering from top surgery and like just got out of a like briefly abusive relationship right after you'd ended that earlier relationship, I I can really understand why a letter from an ex would have gotten lost in the shuffle. You know, I can really imagine like, you know, sitting up from your uh, like post-surgery drugged haze being like, oh, a letter. I don't have time for this. I have mm. to sleep. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily want to say like, obviously this is an indicator that you two don't really want to be together. You just want to have like complicated, dramatic ways of relating to each other. Although that could be possible, of course. Yeah. I I was also just going to say that I think past relationships, um, romantic, not romantic, they often can be the most, um, difficult projection screens because with the distance it's so much easier to uh you know look at it through the rosiest colored glasses and then they become this illicit thing for you right like now the x is the cheating but the x feels safe so it's like kind of this double it's this double whammy of someone who you know you feel safe with, someone who you have a history with, and someone who is still kind of like, I don't know, you have that rush of excitement when you're with them because it's kind of forbidden. And kind of new because you haven't seen them in years. Totally. And it's like new and old, so it feels familiar and it feels fresh. And so I think like, I wonder, letter writer, I ask that the work that you do is that you try to dig in deep and see if you are actually realizing that you have grown into be the type of person that is like deeply in love with this person and can maybe try things again and have communication, or if it just feels forbidden enough and nostalgic enough that what you're feeling is the intoxication of nostalgia. Yeah, I think there's a lot of usefulness there. You know, letter writer, I'll also mention in your letter, there are kind of two different moments where you've had either a relationship end or a relationship become complicated because you have developed feelings for somebody else. I don't know how strongly you felt about the person you kissed. I don't know if that was the person you went on to date um, or just somebody unrelated. And I also don't want to say if you've ever kissed, you know, someone else to cheat on a partner and then later have a crush on somebody else, you must become polyamorous the next five minutes. Um, but you know, I would certainly encourage you at least to think of the fact that you maybe sometimes, maybe often are interested in more than one person at once is like something that you may deal with for the long term. And that doesn't mean you have to do any one thing about it. You might say, nope, monogamy is still the like brass ring I want to go for. I just want to be able to not be like shocked or surprised if that comes up. Like, this happens. This is not like yeah. a weird quirk. This this is something that I know mm. happens that I experience. Um, it also might be, you know, just a moment to say like, does this actually happen to me a lot? Do I, do I often find myself a year or two years into a relationship with someone feeling both like, 
I really love them. And the idea of only being with them for the rest of, you know, forever doesn't sound great. Mm. And I would also like to date and kiss and hook up with other people. And if so, what might I want to do with some of that information? Um, I think that's worthwhile. And I don't say that to be like, just tell your current partner and be like, guess what, babe? I'm also in love with my ex. Good news. Let's all just be open about it. Um, Not at all what I'm saying, but like, think about the possibility of talking to your current partner and like, you know, even if they were on the same page with you uh, about a lot of this, I'm not suggesting that they would be like, oh, this is great. I'm so glad you feel really strongly about an ex. This makes me feel good. Like, I get that might be a difficult conversation, but I just also feel like these things happen. They really, really do. Mm. I hear so often from people who are like, I love my partner and I feel strongly about somebody else. I can't believe this. I feel terrible or like I must be the worst or I must not know what love is. And it's just like, this seems to happen a lot. And maybe if people mm. could talk about it, a li- not like every day, just like come home and be like, guess what? I liked somebody else mm. today. But, you know, if the, if the other alternative is just like sit on this feeling and hope it goes away, talking about it, even if it's painful, is a definite improvement because the other thing is just like a recipe for cheating or feeling alienated from your partner. And those are not, I, neither of those are things that I would recommend to anybody. Yeah. So I, I think that's my best advice, frankly, is like, you know, you've talked about it with your ex, talk about it with your partner. I, I just, I really think that that's like either you are going to want to explore this with your ex, in which case your partner will need to know, or you mm. want to talk about something uh, that's like already happened and is kind of significant um, and that you're not sure about. Cause that's, I think information that your partner would want to have, um, you know, that's pretty big. You had a pretty big conversation with an ex about how you're both still in love with each other. You know, I think if the, if the situations were reversed, you'd probably want to know, even if it didn't thrill you to hear. And that's not like you have to, or you're a bad person go be in romance timeout, go confess your sins. Like you can acknowledge both that this will be maybe painful or difficult for your partner and also, you know, own the fact that you, you know, have strong feelings. But yeah, I I guess that's just like my best advice is like, don't pretend this didn't happen. Uh, Acknowledge what you have done already, which again is like not I'm not trying to like wrap your knuckles or get you in trouble, but you have already taken some steps towards exploring the possibility of a relationship with another person. All I'm suggesting is that you be honest about it. You've already done the time. Yeah. Now do the crime. No, reverse. You've done the crime. Now do the... <laughs> I want to remove language of criminal yeah, that's, justice. It's, that's like, yeah, it's it's taking a very punitive approach to it, a carceral approach uh, to romance. Uh, I, I think that what you're getting at is is totally right. And I just want to second it and say that I also think that, which is not to say that you should use your ex for means of your relationship, but oftentimes this might be, as you said, Danny, like this might be pointing to something really valuable that you have to talk about with your current partner and that that's not necessarily just a scary conversation. I think sometimes you can... A re, you can, you might you might bring this to your current partner to talk about, and you might have a really incredible conversation about that opens up some doors of truth that you didn't think were even doors. You thought it was a wall. Yeah, and frankly, like even if you have this conversation with your current partner and it goes really badly, and they're just like, "This sucks. This hurts me. This makes me feel differently about our relationship. I want to break up now." And then your ex also didn't 
all the way want to go through with getting back together and you didn't end up with either of them, I still think that would be yeah. a good move because it would be putting you closer on the path to the kinds of relationships and kinds of conversations that you want to have. Um, and it would maybe, you know, make it possible in the future for you to find future partners who like from the get go know that you sometimes fall in love with multiple people um, and are prepared for that. So, you know, even if this doesn't immediately get you the things that you might think you want right now, I think this would probably be a good move. Uh, beyond that, I will simply throw out the possibility that, you know, you and your ex have at different occasions both said, like, I really, you know, still care about you. And you have been, you know, constant, frequently trying to be in each other's lives. But it's also true you both just kind of said that last time and let it sit there. And it's not always, sometimes people say that precisely because of the safety of the distance and the partners. And then if somebody else comes back and says, wow, now that you said that, you know, do you want to like keep talking about it? I mentioned it to my partner. Do you want to talk about it with yours? The reaction might be, no, 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 no. I only said this because yeah. I felt like it would be impossible to explore, which isn't quite the same thing as I didn't mean it, but it's definitely like cousins. It's like, I meant this in a very specific, like psychosexual mm. way, <laughs> not in a way that I want to take place in reality. So, you know, be prepared for that as well. A lot of this is hypothetical. A lot of this is about feelings, not necessarily, I have a plan for tomorrow getting a second partner. Yeah. Or if you're just like, no, that sounds awful. I'm never going to do that. Then, you know, just don't try to send any more love letters to your ex and, and do the sort of like, ah, I will lay that love away in lavender and occasionally like pull out a journal and like look at it and feel warmly. And, you know, that's people do that too. People have like slightly loving recollections of like the one that got away, but, but mm. they also kind of know it's Katy Perry wrote a song about it. That's what, you know. Come on, we got a we got a top forty hit all about I, it. I feel like she's not the only one who's written a song about the one that got no, away. She's the only one. She owns the copyright to that concept. I will alert Glenn Campbell. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. 